Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day. Whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day, whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Hello, NetWorld. Thank you for tuning in. We're continuing in our series titled, The Family Bible Revolution, an Anti-Message for His Generational Blessing. Yesterday, we were talking about a family who eats together, and that's the first of three parts, second being a family who prays together, and third, a family who fears together. Let's continue with the family who eats together. You know, families eating together now are becoming a rarity. I mean, eating together and cooking food and Sitting at a table and having to talk instead of watching TV? Wow, hasn't culture changed? Like I said yesterday, everybody is so multitask-oriented that driving while eating and talking or texting or checking our email while listening to the GPS over top of a CD in the stereo, well, it's just become our nature. It's how life has evolved. And I said yesterday, actually, it's our new progressive culture. However, being progressive doesn't always lead to progress. And my saying, contrary to popular belief, sometimes it's most beneficial to go backwards in order to progress forward in the things of God. Well, culture is the word we're talking about. It stands for who we are, what we do, and how we live. It's how we live, eat, and breathe, so to speak. One definition for culture is stated as the behaviors and beliefs characteristic of a particular social, ethnic, or age. That's at dictionary.com. That definition applies, however, in America, this culture of information and technological behavior has penetrated into all ethnicities and ages. It simply includes everyone. What was the culture of the early church? It was expressed in two foundational principles with the further definition of the second principle. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Have we lost our mooring? How often do we talk about doctrine, eat together, and pray as a church? How often do we do the same at home? This is something we need to consider. It would mean we would need to change our culture. We would have to change who we are, what we do, and how we live. Some might say that we have just progressed and things are better now. Oh, really? How about relationships between fathers and sons, mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters, grandparents and grandchildren, and even husbands and wives. What about the church? Do we have real relationships, or are they just superficial? Having been in the ministry 34 years and having been an associate pastor, children's minister, and now senior pastor, I must give it a resounding no. What I see most is the younger generation has left the church. Some statistics are showing about 90%. You know what? Maybe we need a culture change. If so, 
the two most effective places to make the change would be at home and at church. Here are some more clinical facts. The University of Florida, in a quote about the importance of family dinners, says, Research suggests that having dinner together as a family at least four times a week has positive effects on child development. Family dinners have been linked to a lower risk of obesity, substance abuse, eating disorders, and an increased chance of graduating from high school. Alberta Health Services says this about the family that eats together. For young children, mealtime conversations are important in building language and vocabulary and are linked to reading abilities in the early school years. For moms, dads, and kids alike, the dinner table is a safe place where everyone can talk about their day, put forward new ideas, talk about concerns, and problem-solve together. Mealtimes can be a way for parents to get involved in their children's lives and for children to get involved in their parents' lives. Eating together builds family ties and connectedness, which is a protective asset and especially important to adolescent development and health. Families who eat together tend to have more fruits, vegetables, calcium-rich foods, and grains and fewer fried foods and soft drinks. Numerous studies have found the risk of teens using tobacco, marijuana, and alcohol decreases the more they eat with their families. Family meals can be an oasis of calm in busy schedules and an opportunity to reinforce the importance of being together for even a few minutes each day. Wow, some great quotes there. Huffington Post had an article titled, Eating Together as a Family Has Multiple Benefits. It says, Is the traditional family dinner a thing of the past? Is it overvalued as an institution that was once a cornerstone of the American home but has become obsolete with changing times? In today's households, where both parents go to work and kids have busy schedules with school, homework, and an array of afternoon activities, finding time for gathering at the table seems all but impossible. Yet, studies have shown time and again that eating together has multiple benefits for everyone involved, but especially for children and not only for nutritional purposes, but in many other aspects as well. It goes on saying, according to a number of reports issued by the National Cancer Center on Addiction and Substance Abuse at Columbia University, children who eat at least five times a week with their family are at lower risk of developing poor eating habits, weight problems, or alcohol and substance dependencies, and tend to perform better academically than their peers who frequently eat alone or away from home. To be sure, the iconic family meal, as for example depicted by the painter Norman Rockwell, came only into American life in the mid-20th century. In the 60s and 70s, profound social and economic and technological changes quickly dissolved that short-lived ideal. Restaurant visits, takeout and TV dinners have since become the norm rather than the exception. Wow, let's read Acts 2 again in verses 46 through 47. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. What is simplicity of heart? The King James Version says singleness of heart, and the Amplified Version translates it as simplicity and generous hearts. The Greek-English lexicon of the New Testament says simplicity is 
Humility associated with simplicity of life. Humility, humbleness, simplicity. Vine's complete expository dictionary says singleness is unworldly simplicity. Unworldly simplicity. Wow, this is certainly not the status quo of our culture today. Humility? Humility is a common trait in a secular society? Well, let's look at a few commentaries from the aspect of daily culture. The Holman New Testament commentary says, Their witness included a demonstration of hospitality. No home would be large enough to house even a small group of believers for a short time, so they literally went house to house. Luke wants us to see how good it was. They enjoyed favor with the people, not the Sanhedrin, but common folks all around the city. Witnessing may be the main theme in Acts, but praising certainly represents a secondary strain common in Luke's writings. The word praising is used nine times in the New Testament and seven of them by Luke. What happens to believers who worship, work, and witness for their Lord? The Lord grows the church. Let's not miss the order, first godly relationships with each other, then growth. I love that quote out of the Holman New Testament commentary. You see, relationship, that's a major key. The church is about people. If I remember correctly, Christianity is not a religion, but rather a relationship. A relationship with God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and each other. In a handbook on the Acts of the Apostles, it says they had their meals together in their homes. It means literally they were breaking bread from house to house. It should be taken to mean that the believers met at different homes from time to time and they shared in their fellowship meals together. The concept of simultaneous experience of eating and having gladness in one's heart must be expressed in some languages in a more explicit manner than is employed in the Greek. For example, they ate and at the same time they were happy. You see, humble hearts, which means singleness of heart, may signify either humility or generosity, such as they gave to one another gladly. The Word in Life Study Bible says believers today could help to reconnect Sundays and Mondays by moving through this same cycle. The gathering process might include worship services, praise gatherings, prayer meetings, fellowship over meals, and teaching for growth. Such encounters prepare us for Monday's world of work and responsibility filled as it often is with pressures, conflicts, and opportunities to engage unbelievers as they inspect or perhaps even oppose our faith. The handbook goes on to say, rather than being disconnected, these two worlds need to be vitally connected. The refinement of our faith as we gather for growth supplies much-needed strength as we engage the world Monday through Saturday. On the other hand, the realities of life outside the fellowship can alert us to areas where we need to grow in faith. Are you reconnecting Sunday and Monday by practicing this rhythm? Is there a link between the resources of your faith community and the demands of your world? Are there ways to improve the connections? The Bible Guide says about the fellowship of believers in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, that Luke gives us a glimpse of the everyday life of the first Christians. They enjoy a wonderful unity as they learn together from the apostles and share their meals in times of prayer. God is with them. His presence overflows in the miracles of the apostles and the love of the church members. The church grows because this way of life is so genuine and attractive. We have heard so many words, 
singleness, simplicity of heart, godly relationships, improved connections, genuine, unworldly, attractive, generous, hospitality, wonders, fear, signs, favor, evangelism, humility, worship, praise, witnessing, culture, growth, fellowship, prayer, strength, gladness, rhythm, and everyday life. Wow, it sounds so good, it seems like a dream, but is it? If we think it's complicated, we'll never arrive. It's simplicity of life, a Christian culture of relationship by fellowshipping at the table of the Lord and the agape table of the common meal, all the while having real discussions in the doctrine of the apostles with prayer as we meet both at the temple, being the church, and house to house. I'm shocked, but our time is already up. That's all the time we have today. So I look forward to being with you in my next netcast. Go ahead and mark it on your calendar, set your clock. Tune in tomorrow as we continue in establishing the Family Bible Revolution, an end-time message for his generational blessing. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.